My name is Hein Johansen and this is The Wine World. We've been so lucky today to have Samantha Luna with us from William Fev in Chablis. Welcome, Samantha. Hi, thank you. Would you like to start a bit by telling us a little bit about what William Fevre is? William Fevre is a really historical winery. Actually, the family is really, really old. They started uh, belonging the vineyards, firstly, then making some wine. Uh, with the years, actually, the owner of, uh, of this uh, winery and some of the wineries is the family Henriot from uh, Champagne Henriot. It's nice because all the wineries remain, of course, independent, but all of them has the same the same principle. So it's familiar, uh, a lot of uh, family family values, but of course respecting the terroir in each of the regions, wine regions, is, is really important. For William Faber now, we could say that it's really representative of the region. Why? Because it's 72 hectares. So these 72 hectares, actually the 70% of them, it's Premier and Gran Cru, so it's really, really rich in terms of heritage. William Faber has two different activities, so of course uh, we make wine of our own vineyards, 72 hectares, but we also have some um, agreements, some contracts, long-term contracts, actually 10 years more or less, to get some other sources of, of grapes. Of course, with the region, it's, it will be mainly for Chablis and some of the Premier Cru. I think some of the sommeliers as well think of William Favre as quite a big company, but it's still very quality-oriented. Of course. Uh, I think the main the main point about it is the precision and the consistency of the quality that we have every year. Uh, fortunately, as I said before, we have the big support of the family Henriot, so we can still do a lot of uh, uh, individual vinification for each of the parcels. And... Uh, if you have the resources, then you can you can achieve in the quality, of course. You work as an export manager for William Fell. What do you do exactly? I try to share this fashion with uh, a lot of different markets. It's not only about... I think it, in general in the wine industry, you don't really sell as one product. You just share the, the passion between the client and yourself because... This world, it's all about it's all about sharing. It's all about um, coming with the gastronomy all together and uh, having an experience. So I'm not trying to. I don't come to the markets to sell. I come more for uh, to share to share what I live in in Burgundy, and uh, so they can share it with a final client. And at the end, I mean, what mattered the most is, of course, having people loving our wines because they will buy by themselves. So basically what you're saying is that your job is sort of the glorious life of uh, uh, flying <laughs> to uh, new, seeing new cities, living on hotels, eating good food, drinking good wine. Exactly. Well, of course, it's it sounds like a dream, but of course there's always this part of uh, numbers that I spend long time in the, in the office following all, all the things that involves the sales but of course the the nicest part is this and uh, it takes 50 percent of my time i would say and you've been you've been studying enology as well yes yeah, so uh, my 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 objective at the beginning it was uh very oriented to the production and i spent some of the years doing that but i think it's 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 funny it depends on each personality but my personality ask to travel, discover, and to share it with people. When you're in the production side, it's very pink and, and nice, but you're always in the cellar or the vineyard, which is nice, but f- year after years, it's nice also to share it with the rest of the world. 
Chablis for the last maybe 15 years, it has had a, a sharp rise both in actuality and in perception as a quality wine. What do you think about that sort of rise? Is it something you see all over the world? No, it's a general tendency, I would say even for Burgundy. Why? Because uh, people's appreciating the more and more the quality of different regions and they are, of course, curious in a certain way about, about it. But Burgundy is historical about about the super nice and fine wines that, that, that we make. So um, Chablis, it's, of course, part of Burgundy, but I could say that it's also like a part because... We geographically and uh, with the classification of the appellation is part of it, but the style it's really unique. I think that altogether it's about the magic, the magic of Burgundy. One one varietal, the Chardonnay, can express it differently. Chablis specifically gives a lot of minerality. It's really precise, linear. In the case of William Ferrand, we tried to make a consistency. But um, why the price raise? Okay, but the last few years we have suffered a lot, a lot of uh, phenomenons thanks to the Mother Earth or maybe the the changes, the climate changes. So uh, we've been almost losing about from 30% to 50% of our crop. Why? Because we got uh, in the spring the frost and then we got the hail before the harvest. So, of course, if you're losing volume, the quality will be there, of course, because the, the vine will support the energy to the rest of the grapes. But if we lose a lot of the crop, then you need to compensate. And the demand's still there. So, of course, all of the producers need to need to eat too. Yes, it's a general phenomenon that Chablis wine is getting the more and, and more expensive. You talk a bit about climate change and how you see hail, frost, I guess quite a lot of heat as well, more than you're used to. What do you do to combat those challenges in the vineyards? It's good that you mentioned this because Chablis, it's, it's a special region that it's frequently touched by those phenomenons uh, during the spring for the frost. So we have about three different methods to fight against. So we have the, the bougie, the, the lights, that whenever the, the wine growers know that it will frost, then they woke up, it all depends, but more or less at 3 a.m., to turn them all. And actually, I mean, it's, it's a way of fighting, but it means a lot of work. And if you can actually Google them, the images, it's, it's something super magical. Then the other way is also uh, with um, a system that is called arrosage. They spread water all over the vineyard. It makes the bot have a um, coat of ice. So if the temperatures goes below zero, it will be protected and we won't lose a flower. Because if we don't have any flower, then we don't have any fruit. And then the third, it's heating up the... Um, that holds the vineyard, what's the mm. name of it? The, uh, the, str- the string? Or yeah, the string. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. To, you pass some of the heat with that and then uh, it helps the vines to, to be a little bit heated. Do you use the nuts for the hail? We don't. We use the nets whenever we want to do a special and a specific experiment. Mm. And it's not more than a row, but we don't use. More and more areas of France is starting to have problems with heat and too, too warm summers. And is yes. that the problem? In, in of course, uh, well? especially this year. Okay, last year it was, it was very it was hot and, and dry. But this year, especially, we have three big, big uh, hot waves that uh, can be problematic because 
he can block the evolution of the vine. Uh, we got the first one in the end of July, then uh, beginning of August, and then late August. So um, very high temperatures, I mean up to 40 and 42 degrees. Uh, even at night, it's not really refreshing, it gets to 32 degrees. So. Normally, the best would be to have at least refreshing nights. So it has been also super dry. It will be kind of a surprise for, for, for this vintage. We will see how we'll evaluate. For now, I would say we're about 60 or 70% um, in the evolution. And uh, the acidity sorry, is still holding. They might become, become lower and lower with the time. So we don't have to exceed between the 15 and 20 of September, I think. Uh, we calculated those dates to start the harvest. The heat, there's no, I mean, yes, in some regions in France, you can have a derogation to, to, to irrigate, but it's completely forbidden a month before the harvest. So it's really it's really hard to, f to find something to fight against. The only protection that we have is the leaves. So normally... Um, before whenever the, the grapes are growing you have different uh, different actions that you do in the in the vineyard so either you take up some leaves so the vineyard can be really open to the air so whenever you have a lot of humidity it's better to to take out the leaves so the vine can breathe and none of the none of the mushrooms would actually develop in the grapes. In this case, it's better to leave all the leaves because it will protect from the sun. Some of the regions, and even for us, we have some of the grillure, you know, whenever the, the grapes kind of burn, and we can actually have a, a significant loss. In, uh, in Champagne right now, we have around 10%. So, uh, yes, this year it, it will be particular. In Bordeaux, we've gotten some new uh, additions to the legal grapes. So, amongst other, it's legal from the 2019 vintage to plant Torontes in Bordeaux. <laughs> Do you think you will have this uh, that sort of change in Chablis as well? That maybe you'll get Albarino or... Uh, yes, well, I would say Burgundy is a little bit more old school, but... Of course, that with the time, if the climate change continue to be as uh, hard and marked as this one, uh, eventually they will have to to ask themselves the question. But for now on, no. <laughs> I've been reading a bit about William Fevre and I've seen that you've gotten something called a high environmental value. So um, it's in the vineyard. It's about uh, making the biodiversity relieved by itself. So we had several projects. Actually, I love the philosophy of the winemaker and the vineyard manager. They're really, really dynamic. Um, in most of the um, of the Premier Cru and Grand Cru, of course, we do the biodynamics uh, practicals, but it's not the same. This certification is about the, the biodiversity. So we planted a lot of uh, fruit trees. We use uh, a lot of different um, methods instead of, for example, you know, the hormones that you can put uh, in the vineyard so the insects can actually have a destruction and not attack the vines. And uh, we also actually make honey inside. In the middle of the vineyards, we have the, the ruche, where you where the bees actually live, and then they make the honey, and uh, people can actually stop by in the boutique and, and buy this honey. So it's all about m making the biodiversity relive and uh, respect of course the environment so this certification also has a lot of uh, limitations on the use 
of uh, all the chemicals and stuff. But we, of course, banished all of this because our philosophy is different. It's it's kind of a tendency in France and all over the world to have uh, this uh, organic certification, which it actually changes from country to country and even from region to region. We're not attached to that, but uh, we think it's really important to, to keep on uh, with the biodiversity. I think that Chablis is probably one of the more uniform areas, which means that it's more or less the same kind of terroir all over Chablis in the sense that you have the Kimmeridgean soil that is dominant in, in most of, of Chablis. But still, there are several distinct Grand Cru vineyards. What would you say were how the different Grand Cru vineyards are different from each other? Uh, I would say the exposition plays a major role. Um, as you can see and whenever you audience will visit it's the magical of it the relief of the hill it's different so maybe in one only appellation you can have both of the sides from from the sun that plays a major role especially for this area of the Grand Cru which is actually next to the river it would be in a in a very steep place so it's about a 30 percent of steep and whenever it rains from the woods, all the nutrients and, the, and all the minerals actually concentrate in the lowest part of the of the Gran Cru. That's why I, okay, yes, of course, it's very uniform in general, but this region and specifically, it's really concentrated. And that's where the Gran Cru's are. Between each of them, I would see the major role, yes, it's the exposition. Is there any of the Grand Cus you think would stand out if you would take the most masculine or most expressive one and the most elegant one? And if, if you would take two extremes, what two Grand Cus would you use to mm. show that? I would take Bougro as a masculine and uh, Le Preuss as a feminine. Le Clos is really elegant, but I think Le Preuss is really, really feminine and delicate. Blanchot, which is the one that's the most um, aligned to the left and the other side, I would say. It's more of a, for me, it's more of a salinity profiles. Well, speaking of it, actually, in William Fair, from the seven Grand Cru, we only make six. Uh, Blanchot, it's a really, really small production, so we only sell it in the boutique. Uh, we don't produce any of the Grenouilles. And then what am I missing? Vaudissier, which is also like more of a floral profile. I could say feminine, but not as fine and delicate as Le Pros. What do you think about um, the future of Chablis compared to central Burgundy? I think it will evolve with the hand, you know, in the same in the same line. I don't think it will become more or less famous in it because the style is very different and even for it, for different occasions you prefer one or the others. It has always been more affordable in general the Chablis area than the central Burgundy. I think it will just evolve as, as much as Burgundy does. I don't think it, it will be con a contrast. Do you think that the high price points of Burgundy will keep uh, in the next uh, decade or so? Or do you think that we will see decreasing prices in the uh, next 10 years? <laughs> well, I don't think they will decrease, but eventually they cannot increase as much as they have in the last 10 years. Because people are getting the more and more interested in wines. Of course, their taste is also evolving. But there's so many regions around the world that can actually achieve to the very interesting 
existing wines. If it becomes completely unaffordable, somehow some of the regions will become also super popular. I hope that the prices will be stable in the in the next couple of years, but right now I could say that the demand is very high and the production will be always limited. That's why it's also a tendency for the for the wine lovers to to inclined to, to Burgundy. Where are William Favre headed as a company now, do you think? Well, um, the, the, the can continue, of course, with all the biodiversity projects because the more and more you work with this and the more and more you respect your soil, the quality will be there. So I think it's to keep on going on the same line. Of course, adapting itself to the, to the quality. For example, the last two in three years, we have a great, great loss. We could have compensated buying more grapes from other wine growers. Instead, we rather made only what we have, stick to our projects and uh, not sacrifice the quality. That would be the most important. Adapt, adapt. you have to always adapt yourself to the climate conditions, but uh, it's it's the more and more challenging with the years with this climate change. So uh, as long as we can keep on going with this with this line inconsistency, uh, I think I think that's that's the future. You are educated as an analogist. Do you want to make your own wine at some point? Or? Of course, yeah. of course. It's one of my future projects. And uh, will it be in Chablis or somewhere else? I think somewhere else. I have a Mexican my Mexican nationality, so uh, I think it's an area that's has been planting from 30 years now uh, the vines it's totally a baby but i think we can find some very interesting projects there so one day i'll bring you my mexican wine (laughs) maybe producing torontes as well (laughs) exactly (laughs) thank you very much perfect thank you very much